everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scoured the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through March 5th, and it was a busy week with the World Junior Championships, U.S. Synchro. Uh, we had a busy week, Daphne. We did. We also took the time to do that interview with Doug Webster, talking about Ice Dance International and their new tour that they're doing called Grace. It was such a fun conversation. Yeah, I learned a lot about Ice Dance International, that stuff that I didn't know before, because I say in the podcast, I only saw one Ice Dance International show, which was out Outside a museum on synthetic ice, and it was this, like, very small show. So I haven't really gotten to see an Ice Dance International show. Um, but we did learn a little bit more about the tour that they're doing this spring and what other projects they have in store for the future. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that um, podcast, we will make sure we put that in our show notes. Definitely. Well, I feel like we should just jump into our conversation about the World Junior Championships, because it was a really big week for the junior skaters. They headed to Calgary. It was really exciting. I got to watch quite a bit of it, and it makes me excited for the future of skating because there's definitely a lot of talent at this level, and I'm excited for some of them to get onto the senior level and start to break through. It was nice that we were all watching the same coverage. It was all on mm-hmm. YouTube. It was Ted Barton. God bless him for going through how many hours of skating commentary. I mean, we had 48 uh, women and 41 men or something like that. And he just kept going um, without a co-host. Yeah. So props to Ted Barton on that. Um, I don't know how he did that. I don't think I could do a six hour, seven hour uh, podcast if I, in, in a, a sense, I don't, I don't think I could do that at all. But yeah, um, it was nice that everybody was watching the same thing and it was easy, access, easily accessible on YouTube. Um, we don't get that a lot. We're always, okay, Peacock or um, you know, another stream that's available in this country, but not available in that country. So it was nice that it was on YouTube for everyone to watch. It's great too, to be able to go back and rewatch it again, uh, because I missed most of the women's event, at least the women's short program I missed. It's really funny. I left my house to go to trivia at like five <laughs> o'clock. And when I got home at like 10, it was still going on and I couldn't believe it. It was yeah. really a long event. Yeah, it was going on when I was still at work and then it was still going on when I was getting ready for bed. So, yeah, it was a long end. And that's why I say I don't know how Ted did it for that long. I mean, he got his breaks during ice resurfacing, but he just had to keep on going. He Crazy. did. He did. And it was in the mountain time zone. So, of course, it was two hours off from the time zone we're in. So it wasn't too bad. It didn't go too late. It was nice to have something take place in North America because then Mm -hmm. we could kind of watch it. Not I mean, the time difference was just great Um, for me personally. I felt like it was great. Yeah. And I think there were more people as the competition went on. I know I commented in our group chat on Wednesday and Thursday that I was a little disappointed with the number of people there. And I mean, I should know better. It's a Wednesday and a Thursday, not as easy to be there for the, you know, those days. Um, but as the week went on, I know last night, um, watching the men, there were more people in the stands. So I was glad to see people enjoying our, Our junior skaters, our skaters, our up-and-coming skaters. Yeah, well, let's let's just start right off the bat. There's one thing that we do have to mention. It came out of the competition earlier in the week after the short program that Todd Sand, um, Olympic and world figure skater, former, and 
now an Olympic and world coach, suffered a heart attack while he was in Calgary. So, of course, Sand was on site in Calgary, coaching eventual Paris champions, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, Sophia Bear and Daniel Tumentsev. The skating community, of course, jumped to sending those positive thoughts, prayers, support to Todd Sand, his family. And I noticed just before we recorded this podcast that his son, Jack, posted a message on Twitter thanking the skating community for all of their support during this time. It's one of the things about the skating community, the fans, fans are very passionate. Media is very, you know, focused on the sport, but we all come together when it's something like this. It's, it's important to support families and support each other during times like this. So mm-hmm. was really happy to see all the posts that came through for Todd Sand. And we don't currently have an update to give you. Maybe tomorrow there will be something up, but we're recording this on Sunday as usual. So hopefully there will be an update really soon. Yeah, we will definitely pass along any updates that we get um, regarding Todd and his condition. Um, But in the meantime, just keep those positive vibes and prayers headed towards the Sand family, you know, Todd and Jenny and their two sons, as well as the community um, that he coaches um, on the ice and just his family and friends off the ice. Um, you know, there's a lot of people affected by this. And so we want to, you know, here at This Week in Skating, we want to pass along our good wishes for a speedy recovery for Todd Sand and that he will be back at the boards really soon um, coaching his his Paris team. So, um, yeah, passing that along, it was great to see all of, you know, the positive posts, you know, saying you got this, Todd, we're with you. So keep that those coming and keep the prayers coming as well. So let's kick off our skating discussion with the men, Gina. Yeah, it wasn't really a surprise at who is the world junior champion in the men's field. The heavy favorite coming in was Kaomura of Japan who we were talking about a few weeks ago, won gold at four continents. Now, he won the free skate in Calgary by 38 points and won the event by a total of 44 points. So it was really in the cards for Kao to win the world title. Now, where I'm going to say the surprise performance in the men's event, for me at least, and I think I'm not alone in this one, was Switzerland's Naoki Rossi. He was ninth at Junior Worlds last year. He was not on my radar to be in the top three after the short program, but he finished in third at Telkin Hotel Cup, which um, in the senior event in mid-February. And here he comes and wins uh, the silver medal in Calgary. Um, watching his skating, it needs a little refinement. His jumps were a little sloppy, but he still, I mean, I was kind of like, after I saw him skate the short program, I thought, well, is he going to be able to stay in the top three? And he did. He managed. Um, he became the first Swiss man to medal at Junior Worlds since Richard Fuhrer in 1977. And Richard won bronze. So, uh, Naoki did one better here. Japan's Nozumu Yoshioka, who was in seventh place after the short program, jumped up to claim the bronze medal with a second place free skate. Italy's Nikolai Memola finished in fourth place. He was sixth after the short program. Japan will have three spots for Junior Worlds next year. Switzerland, Korea, China will get two spots. Sweden and Estonia will keep two spots. Team USA and Canada, unfortunately, will lose a spot. They have three. They had three spots this year. They will drop down to two. Two spots per Junior Grand Prix event next year. Japan, Switzerland, and Italy. Canada, Korea, and the U.S. will only have one spot per Junior Grand Prix event. Before I transition to the women's event, I wanted to bring up, is this the way we should be determining Junior Grand Prix spots? Should we be allocating spots 
per country based on an individual's performance and whether or not they can finish in the top three. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, part of me thinks too, if we're basing it on a single person's performance and then that person then goes senior next year, how is that fair too? I don't know. I wanted to bring it up to instigate some discussion. So if you guys are out there listening, I'm wondering what you think. Is this the way that we should be doing this? Or is it time for the ISU to consider a different algorithm? I know it kept things simple to look at it this way. However, should we be looking at a single skater's performance or should we be looking at a collective as a whole? Mm -hmm. So anyway, let me know what you guys think. Respond after listening to this episode. You can tweet at us, email us. I'm really interested in what you guys have to say. I don't have a solution. I'm just wondering if it's time to start to address it. Um, because I I think some countries who normally would have two spots on the Junior Grand Prix are not going to have them this next season just because it was a building year for mm-hmm. their program. Yet sitting at home they have a very deep field of competitors that are at the level to be able to compete. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So yeah, let's, let's have a conversation guys. Mm -hmm. So moving on to the women with a slight lead after the short program, Mao Shimada won Japan's first world junior gold medal since 2016. She executed a triple axel and a quad toe which was called on the quarter, in her free skate. She won the event by 22 points. That is what we're used to from (laughs) Mao Shimada. A slight lead is not usually what we see. At 14, she's the youngest Japanese world junior champion, breaking the record held by Mao Asada, who she's named after. And I actually saw Mao Asada win junior worlds back in 2005 we've talked about this before that was the event i met Anne at that was my first credentialed event so yeah it's great um congratulations to mao mm-hmm. shimada so korea's jia shin claimed her second silver medal at the world junior championships she said she had a rough week because she felt a bit sick next she's going to head to toronto to have new programs for next season choreographed by david wilson Looking forward to hearing more about what those are going to be. It's crazy to think that we're already starting to <laughs> discuss new programs or thinking about new, new programs. Yeah, it'll be a few, you know, we'll be starting to see skaters announce their programs on Instagram or on Twitter. Yeah, so it's crazy to think we're at that point already where we're now at the end of the season transitioning into the next one. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there really isn't a big off season. I think we reached the end of the competitive season. There's a little bit of time, but during that little bit of time, we start to see the announcements of programs and choreographers and coaching changes and partnerships. It's like a circle. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it continues. Yep. So Japan's Ami Nakai attempted a triple axel in her free skate. Unfortunately, she fell, but she did take home the bronze medal. So Korea's UJ Kim landed a clean triple axel in her free skate to finish fourth. And Min Sol Kwan finished fifth. Min Sol Kwan's cat program was fun. It's always fun. I've seen that program a couple of times this season. Not in person, but, you know, on video. And it's always just so much fun to watch. Yeah, she stays in character that whole entire program. Yeah. So Japan and Korea both regained a third spot for next year. This was kind of expected. Kaya Ryder earned a second spot for Canada. Georgia and Estonia also will get a second spot, but Team USA will unfortunately lose its third spot. One thing to mention, Daphne, about Kaya Kaya was actually competing in Junior Worlds in her hometown. Like, Mm -hmm. Calgary is where she is from. Her family was there. Someone said, I think she skates at this rink a couple days a week. So she had quite the Junior Worlds experience. So that was pretty cool to see that. 
Yeah, I can imagine it would get a little nerve-wracking thinking about being in front of so many of your friends and family when you're used to traveling to destinations mm-hmm. where you might have a parent there with you and yeah. and not a lot of friends and family. So it must have been really cool to get to do this. Yeah. So next year on the JDP, Japan, Korea, and China will get two spots. One spot per JDP for Switzerland, USA, and Georgia. If China or Korea or Japan, which we know Japan and Korea will use their spots, but if China doesn't use all of their spots, the other spot, the other countries I just listed, Switzerland, USA, and Georgia, they will get uh, the opportunity to use those spots. So let's move on to pairs. Yes, as we mentioned um, at the beginning, without their coach, Sophia Barham and Daniel Tumensev earned their first ever world junior title. Now, Todd was with them in the short program, but then um, Todd was not there for the free skate. In the kiss and cry with them was Sophia's mom, Anna Barham. She is um, a skating coach, so I'm glad someone was there with them. I also think I saw... um, Colin McManus, who was a team leader as well with them um, at the boards. So it was nice that, you know, there was people there that could step in um, to be with Sophia and Daniel. Sophia and Daniel dedicated their free skate to Todd. They said that um, in the kiss and cry, you could hear them say that. And then they said that in the press conference as well. Um, We've all been hearing about the age dilemma with the two. Sophia is 14. Daniel turns 21 in a few days, and so they will age out of juniors. Um, But they're too young for seniors with the new age rule that goes into effect um, this coming season. So um, there is talk that the ISU is considering options that affect junior pairs like um, Sophia and Daniel. Um, The Japanese team is another team that has that same issue. Um, We will just have to wait and see if the ISU is going to do anything about this. But um, yeah, it's a little disappointing that, you know, we have this issue happen. We wanted this age ruling change to make our sport better, but then we kind of, I don't know if we kind of forgot about it, but we didn't put into play pairs with the age gaps that we have with some pairs teams. Um, back to Sophia and Daniel, they are the sixth U.S. team to claim pairs gold at the event and the first U.S. team to medal in pairs at Junior World since 2013. Now, Australia's Anastasia Golubova and Hector Giotopoulos-Moore moved up from third after the short program to claim their second straight silver medal at Junior Worlds. In the short program, they had a problem with the death spiral, and they received no points, and so that's why they were in third after the short. In the free skate, Hector fell in the opening three-jump combination, He appeared to have a bit of an injury. He had a hard time walking off the ice after the free skate. Now, I hope he's going to be okay because they compete at Senior Worlds in two weeks. Oh, my Um, goodness. (laughs) They've had quite a season, um, a busy season indeed. So, yeah, hopefully they will be good to go for um, Senior Worlds. Ukraine's Valeta Sirova and Ivan Kopata won Ukraine's first medal in pairs at the World Junior Championships since 2000. They were fourth in the short program. Japan's Haruna Murakami and Sumatada Moriguchi dropped to fourth from third place. Now, Team USA and Australia will get three spots for pairs at Junior Worlds next year. Ukraine, Japan, Czech Republic, and China got a second spot. Canada loses its third spot. And then Team USA, Australia, and Ukraine will have two spots for Junior Grand Prix events. Fantastic. It's interesting that Violetta and Vaughn won the first medal since 2000. Because yeah. I remember <laughs> that I wasn't at that competition. But people may recognize the name because I believe that it was Aliona Savchenko... Yes. And Stanislav Morozov, who won 
the world junior title way back then um it was a time where there were was really strong pairs in ukraine because yulia obertas and dmitry palomarchuk were silver medalists and they had won world juniors in their own right mm-hmm. so it was very competitive between those two teams at that time yeah i'll always remember it <laughs> <laughs> So transitioning on to dance, um, well, last week I did say that I thought that Katerina <laughs> Moraskova and Daniel Morasek would be in the hunt for the gold medal, despite the mistakes they made at the Junior Grand Prix final. They became the first ice dancers from Czech Republic to win the World Junior Championships. In the rhythm dance, they were the only team to get all eight key points on both segments of Argentine tango. This was a consistent competition for the team. They set a new personal and season's best free dance score. Although they do have junior eligibility still, based on comments made in the press conference, it seems like they're moving up. This is not bad for two kids who were just (laughs) doing singles only just two and a half years ago. Wow. (laughs) I was, I've been impressed by their speed all season. And if you watch their performance, their coach, Matteo Zani, was very animated after they won the title. As soon as the scores were announced, he he jumped up. It was it's great to see that he's building quite a school over in Italy with um, Barbara, who is uh, another former ice dancer. They've got quite a quite a school going. So Korea's Hannah Lim and Ye Kwan set another you know first for korea as they won the silver medal they missed just two key points and set a new personal best in the rhythm dance they were pretty surprised by their score which was not far behind um the checks they also placed second in the free dance with this expressive dramatic interpretation to dance macabre they do age out and will move to senior next season. I'm sure it's going to be a little scary at first to move up, but I'm excited to see some of these teams in the mix. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be fun. So despite having all their other elements graded level four, Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont of Canada missed key points in the rhythm dance, which cost them. They also received less GOEs on the element than the top three did. Um, of course, that's the Argentine tango st- uh, pattern. They finished third in the free dance and climbed onto the podium to win their second consecutive World Junior Bronze Medal. This was their last junior competition. They get to go out at home, skating in Canada for Junior Worlds, and they age out of junior, so they will also be moving up. Uh, Great Britain's Phoebe Becker and James Hernandez who I just have to comment are coached by the amazing (laughs) Penny Coombs and Nick Buckland. So we got to see Nick in the kiss and cry. They dropped from third to fourth in a very close competition. They finished 0.05 behind the Canadians. It was Uh, close a lot. A lot of scores were like that, Daphne, that I was seeing very, very close. Very close. So Becker was really animated in the kiss and cry when the score for the free dance came up she was pretty excited um golden skate did report from the mix zone that james's father passed away two weeks ago and they also age out so they'll be moving up to senior next season which this is going to give great britain a second team at senior that has international experience and success so i'm excited for what that could bring for them um I can't imagine how James was able to skate at this competition mm-hmm. with his father passing away just two weeks ago. Um, condolences, of course, to him and congratulations on such a great season for the two of them. Um, Be- uh, Phoebe was one of two, only two ice dancers to achieve a level four on the one foot step sequence. The other was Sandrine Gautier, who I believe finished eighth. So um, the U.S. champions Leia Nesset and Artem Markalov finished fifth in their debut at the World Junior Championships. 
Um, I wish we could go back. This is something I was thinking about earlier. I wish we could go back to the top 24, reaching the free dance. Um, it always used to be 24, although I guess in this case, maybe they would make it 25. There are teams that skated well early on in the rhythm dance, just missed all on the cutoff and I guess I, I mean, I know we have to have a cutoff somewhere, but I think it might be time to revisit this. I don't think that they will, but I wish that they would. It's it's kind of on my list of things. To give more competitive experience, I think it will help prepare teams for the senior ranks by having opportunities. Um, I, I'm also probably going to say the same thing once we get to the world championships, because I think there's 33 ice dance teams there. And honestly, 25 of them should skate the rhythm, uh, the free dance. I, yeah. Um, it's very, it's disappointing. One thing that happened at this competition, Daria Grimm, Mikhail Savitsky had to withdraw after placing sixth in the rhythm dance. They didn't allow another team. The, the Swiss team could or would have been the next qualified, but it's become the custom not to allow that to happen. And I kind of, I wish that it could. The problem is it would affect all of the warm up groups. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like you can just slot them in. I wish. Yeah. You know, I really wish that we could. Yeah, uh, I wish that we could do that too. But maybe it's due to the fact you said the warm up groups, but in the timing. I don't know. Um, when the withdrawal came in and if it was, you know, within enough time, maybe if it was a day before, like dance competed back to back, there mm -hmm. wasn't a day in between. So maybe yeah. if it had happened and dance was, there was a day in between, maybe that would have allowed it. Um, like, you know, the women and the men had a day in between their short and their free. And if, if a withdrawal happened, right after the short program then maybe you know they could have threw in someone for the free skate definitely um one other thing i wanted to point out i've had a couple of people message me privately asking me what it what am i thinking about no us team medals and we're going to lose the guarantee of two jdp spots for next season and I just, I want to say this, um, this is only the second time since 2011 that the U.S. didn't medal at, the U.S. has a great tradition of medaling or winning Junior Worlds. It's been a rebuilding year. I mean, two of the top teams at Junior moved to Senior. It's a rebuilding year, but we had three teams that finished in the top 10, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to set the, uh, the U.S. up really well for next season, even with potentially losing JGP spots. I think it's I think it's going to be OK. I think that the teams, they're going to push each other. They're going to have to work hard because we may not have as many opportunities for teams to go out. And then maybe also the U.S. might find opportunities for teams to go to some of the Junior B events just to get them out there um, mm -hmm. competing as much as possible. But I think the three teams that competed here are all still Junior eligible for next season and finished 5th, 7th, and ninth. So I think that's great. You know, we'll see what happens next year, but they're definitely setting things up. So I'm not really concerned. Countries go through rebuilding years and this, this mm -hmm. is great. I think that all three teams skated so well Oh yes. and performances were fantastic. And mm -hmm. really the event as a whole for the rhythm dance, even watching, you know, I watched all of the rhythm dances. It was great right from start to finish. I loved seeing some of those newer teams at their first world championships. I'm really excited to see where things go for next season. I'm already thinking about like Placid Gina. Like I'm <laughs> so excited to be thinking about this stuff. Well, it's only a couple months away. Only a few. <laughs> so um, countries who qualify three spots for Junior Worlds next year, of course, Czech Republic, 
will have three. I'm not sure if they have three teams, but uh, maybe they will. Uh, also, uh, Canada and the USA will have three spots. Um, U.S. and Canada retain three spots because they had them this year. So the countries that will get the two JGP slots for next season are Czech Republic, Korea, and Canada. We could pick up, even though the U.S. loses two spots per JGP, we could definitely pick up a few extra spots because some of the teams that are placed ahead, uh, like Korea especially, does not have the, the number of teams. Um, so... They don't, I, as far as I know, the only junior team they have are Kim and Lee, who skated so great in the rhythm dance. <laughs> They're one of the teams that I was thinking, oh, I would love to see them have the opportunity to be in the free dance. Um, yeah, and I'm going to end the, well, our coverage of Junior Worlds with just a little note. There was a little team from Great Britain, and it was Ashley Slatter and Adel Ongay Perez. They are coached by Pippa and Candy Tola Green, as well as their mother, Diane. It was so great to see them in the kiss and cry with them because when I first started IceDance.com and was starting to get into designing websites, Pippa and Candy were competing. And so it's so fantastic to see them in the kiss and cry. And this little team I've been watching for a while, uh, ever since they were basic novice. So it's great to see them at Junior Worlds and also to see the excitement and happiness coming from them with qualifying for the free dance and then with their performance. There's just this joy coming out of them. So congratulations. And I'm really excited for for what next season might bring for them as well. Well, let's move on to some synchro. The U.S. Synchro Championships took place in Peoria, Illinois this past week. I watched quite a bit of Synchro along with Junior Worlds. Um, I had one going on the computer, one going on the TV. <laughs> um, I wanted to really watch Synchro. I, I've been enjoying it. Um, it's not, I'm not familiar with Synchro. It's very new to me, but I'm trying to expand our coverage of Synchro at Figure Skaters Online. So that's why I was really wanting to watch it, especially also because I'm hoping to go to Synchro Worlds in a few weeks in Lake Placid if the weather cooperates. But um, first off, I'm going to say right off the bat, it was a history-making event. You're going to hear me say history a lot here in a bit. Um, but if you haven't watched a synchro competition before, I kind of recommend it. Um, I know synchro is not everybody's cup of tea. You know, everyone, you know, if you like freestyle skating and you like ice dance and pairs and all of that, yeah, that's one thing. So synchro may not be something you enjoy, but I really like it because you're looking at skaters um, with great speed precision. Um, they're in sync with one another. Um, it is just really, really cool to watch. It also reminds me a bit of a dance recital because I used to dance and the cheering and screaming and hollering that goes on at a synchro competition reminds me like dance recitals. We used to do that all of the time. And so, yeah, they're loud and exciting. Um, you hear a lot more screaming and hollering, I think, than you do at um a freestyle um event but you know we we have we cheer loud at our competitions as well so it's it's but i just hear it a little bit more with synchro so let's start with the seniors number 30 the haydenettes won their 30th u.s title and 13th straight gold with a record-breaking score now to me 30 seems crazy because i think of synchro as being new and to think that a team has won 30 U.S. titles doesn't seem new to me. Like, it doesn't seem like this is synchro is new um, in that sense. But the Haydenettes will head to the World Synchronized Championships in Lake Placid later this month. And joining them will be Miami University's senior varsity team. They will head to their second straight world championships. They were second here at the U.S. Synchros. 
In third, the Skyliners. Now, I really like the Skyliners free skate to the music from the musical Six. Now, I haven't seen Six, but I've heard the soundtrack, and I'm going to be seeing the musical Six in a couple months. It's coming to my city in a couple months. But the Skyliners are first alternates for Worlds. The Pewter Medalist Team's Elite is second alternate for Worlds. Now, the Senior Elite 12 is a new discipline in U.S. Synchros, and Hayden Select made history as the first team to win the Senior Elite 12 title in the discipline's inaugural season in the U.S. Synchronized Skating Championships. In junior, the Skyliners out of the Skating Club of New York won their seventh U.S. Junior Championship, which is the most titles of any junior team in U.S. history, They will compete at the World Junior Championships, which is this coming week. Uh, Finishing in second was Team Image. In third, Lexettes of the Skating Club of Boston, who will also compete at the World Junior Championships this week. Novice Team Elite won their third straight novice title. In intermediate, the Capital Ice Chips won gold with the highest intermediate score in the history of the competition. Juvenile Team Image won their first gold on the juvenile level. Collegiate Miami University won their 21st collegiate title. Again, it's impressive some of these teams and the number of titles they have won. Again, I think of Synchro being still so new. Maybe it just, I know it's new for me because I'm not as familiar with it. Um, and trying to learn more about it. And so it's crazy when you hear like 30 and 21, it, uh, it just, I didn't think it was around as long as it is. And we're going to hopefully have someone on the podcast to talk to us about synchro and have more discussions about synchro. So stay tuned for that. Um, and DC edges adult and masters team won gold. So that wraps up the U S synchro championships. Um, it would look like to be a really good event and I hope everyone who attended had a lot of fun. Well, to close out our event discussion, we will be putting the Steel City Trophy results in our show notes. That was the competition we talked about that was taking place in Sheffield, England this past week. So let's transition over to our general skating news. Well, it was announced on social media that there will be a gathering on April 30th at 3 p.m. at the Philadelphia Skating Club and Humane Society to celebrate the life of Doug Mattis, who passed away after a long illness a few weeks ago. And we mentioned um, Doug and all he did for skating. Um, So we're glad that there will be a celebration of his life taking place um, next month. Yes. Moving on to recent articles and interviews. Yuzero Hanyu delivers figure skating's first solo show before a sellout crowd at the Tokyo Dome. The show was called The Gift, and there were 30,000 plus in attendance. He can still command an audience (laughs) and draw an audience in. So Yeah. Daphne, did you see any of the photos from that? I saw a few of them, and they just look, it's very theatrical and dramatic. Yeah. Well, Vincent Joe was interviewed by Rhode Island PBS Weekly. It was an eight-minute segment on his rise in skating, the Olympic medal situation, winning bronze at Worlds last year, and his plans for the future. When Star Andrews and Alexa Gasparato took to the ice for the Championship Women's Short Program was the first time that two black women competed in the event in the same season in 23 years. U.S. figure skating fans have talked with the two of them about making history. Well, before Junior Worlds, Helena Carhart and Volodymyr Horovy talked with Claire from U.S. figure skating's fan zone about how much fun they have on the ice. Before U.S. Synchro Championships, Brittany Ravelli wrote a piece, a letter to my younger self that was posted on U.S. Figure Skating's fan zone. It's quite a good read. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. And I do wonder what other skaters would write to themselves if they could. Joy Thomas, coach and director of Ice World's Theater on Ice, and her father, Gerald Thomas, worked together to combine skating and art to create Things on Ice, which was inspired by Gerald's visual art pieces, and there was an article on U.S. figure skating about it. 
Well, also on U.S. figure skating, 13-year-old twins Andrea and Selena Alphonse won a gold medal at the 2022 National Solo Dance Finals. They are both actresses, and on social media, they chronicle their figure skating journey as shadow ice dancers and hope it sparks an interest in black children to give figure skating a try. You know, shadow ice dance is new to me, Daphne. I think I learned about it a little bit when we were in Lake Placid. Um, It's very interesting. I have not seen a lot of shadow ice dance, but I know a few years ago that Tim McKernan and Dean Copley, I believe, did did medal at nationals doing solo dance. I think it was in this category. They were doing uh, their performance as uh, characters from Blades of Glory. Oh. Well, Jamie Santee created a Facebook page called A Coach's Chuckle for the Day for coaches to share stories of entertaining things their skaters say on the ice. Here's the thing. (laughs) Given what my six and eight year old nieces (laughs) say on a daily basis, that may those things that make me laugh, I can only imagine what they're sharing on that Facebook page. I, I feel like I need to go check it out just so that I can get a laugh for the day too. So moving on to social media updates, uh, 1980 Olympian Michael Botticelli died of brain cancer on February 28th. He was 63 years old. Botticelli competed in pairs with Cheryl Franks. They were four-time U.S. bronze medalists, finished seventh in the 1980 Olympics in Lake Placid. And Ty Babylonia wrote a sweet tribute to him that we will include in our show notes. Yeah. Some other sad news to pass along. Mary Eames, a predominant figure skating instructor in New York State and in the Ontario region, passed away February 25th after suffering a stroke. Mary taught at the Skating Club of Western New York, Skate Great, Thomas Creek Figure Skating Club, Genesee Figure Skating Club, Skating Club of Lake Placid, Olympic Regional Development Authority, and a longtime coach of the Litz team. She was also an accomplished skater herself, earning her Canadian Figure Skating Association gold medal in ice dance, as well as completing the CFSA 7th level of figure skating and freestyle testing. She served as a non-qualifying technical specialist for the United States, where she volunteered her time judging local skating competitions. Mary, I did not know Mary, but a lot of the skaters that I skate with knew knew Mary. And so um, I was seeing a lot of um, posts about Mary's passing. And so it is definitely a great loss for our skating community here in New York. Team USA Ice Dancers, Vanessa Pham and Jonathan Rogers have announced the end of their partnership. Vanessa is planning to move forward in skating and look for a new partner. And Jonathan's plans are really not, um, have not really been shared. I enjoyed photographing them over the past five seasons. I know their coach, Roman Zaretsky, and it was such a pleasure to get to watch them skate together. And we wish them both the best Mm -hmm. going forward. They were one of two teams to medal on the Junior Grand Prix Series this year. French ice dancer Masha Alieva has announced the end of her partnership with Matthew Corres. Um, they post, she posted it on Instagram um, and wishing them the best in their future plans. So the first members of the ice cast have been announced. <laughs> wow. Shoma Uno, Nathan Chen, Junhua Cha, Keegan Messing, Kazuki Tomono, Jason Brown, Kevin Amos, Kaori Sakamoto, Mai Mahara, Rika Miura, and Ryuji Kihara, and Adam Xiaohim Fa. What a cast. <laughs> yeah. And this is just the first members of the cast being announced. I always know that they tend to add more as as it gets closer. So, yeah. So the ice will take place in Aichi from July 22nd to 23rd. Nico from the 25th through the 27th. Osaka from the 29th through the 30th, and Morioka from August 2nd through the 4th. We will link to more information for you. Well, just a quick update here. Um, I know I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but our figure skating baker extraordinaire, Naho, from the Peninsula Skating Club 
Unfortunately, she did not win Food Network's Kids Baking Championship, but she was a finalist, and so congratulations to her, and maybe the next time I'm in California, I'm going to need to check out her baking. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, moving on to our final segment, upcoming events for this week. As we mentioned, the ISU World Junior Synchronized Skating Championships will take place from March 10th through 11th in Angers, France. Last year's winners, Team Fantastic of Finland, look to defend their title and win their third straight. There was no World Junior Synchro Championships in 2021, so we'll see if they're able to do that. However, they will get some, uh, they'll definitely have some opposition, Gina. Yeah, Team Skyliners, junior team from the Skating Club of New York, who won the silver last year at this event, are looking to return to the podium this year. Also representing the U.S. this year at World Junior Synchros is the junior team Lexettes out of the Skating Club of Boston. Canada will also have their junior Les Supremes and Team Nexus at the World Junior Synchro Championships. It's going to be fun. I might yeah. have to check this out. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will plan to try to watch it. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know. I got to look and see how I'm going to be able to watch it. Um, I'm not sure if it's covered on Peacock or if YouTube will have it or there'll be some stream, but we'll definitely put the information in our show notes so you can watch and we will definitely have updates on it next week. Well, Nathan Chen will be reading his children's book, participating in an audience Q&A, and will sign copies of his book at the Darien Library Community Room in Darien, Connecticut on March 9th. So if you're in the area and you're interested, we'll have the information in our show notes. It does say the event is geared for children and their parents. Um, So if you've got a young child and would like to go and listen to Nathan read his book and participate in a Q&A, again, all the information will be in our show notes. Yeah, and if you do go and take your child with you, we would love to hear what the experience was like. So let us know. With that, we have reached the end of our content. (laughs) Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? You can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. Social media, Twitter at this WK in skating, Facebook and Instagram this week in skating. We love your feedback or your questions. Now, remember, Daphne wants to hear what your thoughts are about the allotments for Junior Grand Prix. So make sure you get a hold of us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate the support that we've received via email and social media, so please keep it coming. We like to end every show with a little spotlight on what's happening at our respective websites. Over at IDC, I am buried in photos from the World Junior Championships, so those will be going up this week, as well as our recap that Ian is working on as we speak. Last week, I posted an interview with Luisa Demogeng and Theo Lemercier. And I have another interview that's going to go up this week. So you'll have to stay tuned. Yeah, that's a good teaser there, Daphne. Well, over at FSO, World Junior Championships coverage as well. I have a good chunk of photos up and more will be coming. And I will also have a recap from the U.S. Synchronized Championships coming. Actually, Riley from Figure Skaters Online will be writing that. Excellent. I can't believe, Gina, that we are nearly at the end of the season. We have just a few major competitions to go. We have the World Championships, the World Synchro Championships, and the World Team Trophy. Yeah. Yeah, the season's going to be coming to an end, and we're going to be celebrating our very first year podcasting. Ah, it's crazy (laughs) to think (laughs) about, but... Even though the season's going to be coming to an end, we're not stopping. So we're still going to give you weekly episodes. They may not be just our normal weekly episodes. It may be an interview instead. If there's Mm -hmm. not a lot going on, I know we're recording an interview next weekend that we will be putting um, out next week. So yeah, stay tuned. We've got a lot of different things we're working on, but if you have ideas or suggestions that you would like us to talk about, see us talk about, 
especially as we get into that off season, please reach out to us and let us know. Cause we would love to do some of the things you would like to see us do. Um, we've got our ideas, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear from our listeners, what you would like us to do as we start to get to that quiet time of the season. Um, I hate to say quiet time, but at the time where it's just, you know, not a lot is going on and, and we're starting to go from closing out one season, transitioning into the next. Yes, definitely. Well, with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.